In this video, we are going to be discussing a sensitive and mature subject, and there are going to be discussions of a sexual nature. I'm mainly going to be addressing men, but hopefully the things that we talk about today will be useful for women as well. Today I'm going to give you 10 ideas and suggestions for how you can recognize when you're feeling lustful and what you can do to control it. And it starts with my first suggestion. Ask yourself this very important question. What is the goal of my spiritual path? Why am I meditating? What is the purpose of me reading spiritual books, learning spiritual wisdom, going on retreats, waking up early and meditating in the morning? What is my purpose in life? The point of all spiritual paths is to help you realize that you are not your body or your mind. Think about it for just a moment. Your body isn't created by you. You didn't create your body. Your body was given to you by life itself. And you don't have much control over your thoughts either. We don't think about what's going to come next in our head. These things just happen. So your body isn't yours and your mind isn't yours. So in reality, you've created an identity with your body and your mind and you've called it me, I. And the purpose of all spiritual paths is to help you transcend a temporary identity. And what I mean by that is your body is temporary. This isn't the true essence of who you are. This isn't what you really belong to. The whole of the universe doesn't belong to you. It belongs to life. So life is the key element that we have to focus our awareness on all the time. And in this spiritual path, how does lust help you? How does your constant giving into your sexual urges serve you? So ask yourself this question, how is my lust serving me? When you realize that your spiritual path is about transcending your personal individuality or your self-identity, which is sometimes called the ego, then you may realize that lusting over anything draws you back into this temporary illusion. When you lust over food, when you lust over a beautiful woman or a beautiful man, the point at which you think that you are this body and you desire some other body, that is the point at which you have lost your awareness. Now that doesn't mean that you need to abstain from everything. Because abstinence really isn't the answer. If you go sit in a mountain somewhere and start meditating all day, that isn't reality either. The purpose of spirituality is to stay within the reality of life itself. This is called hukum, knowing that the whole universe is meant to be as it's meant to be. And all you need to do is bring your awareness towards the natural reality, the natural order of the universe. So abstinence isn't the answer, because what can you abstain from? You can't abstain from eating. You can't abstain from sleeping. You can't abstain from having some material possessions. And yet all of these can possibly turn into a lust. So it isn't about abstaining. It's about making sure that you retain your awareness throughout your engagements with the universe. So the first suggestion is to ask yourself, how is my lust serving my spiritual path? My second suggestion is to ask yourself another question. How is this lust 
helping me serve others. Part of every spiritual tradition is to have an element of serving others, serving humanity, serving the world, serving the universe. And ask yourself this question, when you're lusting over someone or something, at that point, are you in a position that you can help them? Are you in a position that you can truly serve them? Think about your lustful thoughts for a moment. When you lust over someone, you're in a receiving mode. You want to receive attention. You want to receive gratification of your sexual desires. Turn that thought from receiving to a giving, to a serving. If you want to control those lustful feelings, think about how you can change that desire to receive, to want something, into a serving and relieve the pressure that you're putting on yourself to constantly receive gratification. Let me give you an example. The Sikh spiritual warriors, known as the Khalsa, were notorious for saving kidnapped women from extremist religious fundamentalist groups. And one rule that the Khalsa warriors had was if they were ever going to rescue a kidnapped woman, they weren't allowed to lay a hand on that woman. They were not allowed to look at her or touch her in an inappropriate way. Now, my question to you is, where does that mentality come from? Where does that strength come from? It comes from creating a sense of awareness where you're constantly challenging your own lust, where you're thinking not about receiving, but you're thinking about serving others. So in the same way, in the modern world today, think about every time you're lusting over someone, can I serve rather than want to receive? My third suggestion is to recognize your triggers. Recognize the point at which lust always seems to arise. Now it could be when you're home alone. It could be when you're feeling bored. It could be when you're around certain specific people. So my third suggestion is to just become aware of recognizing at what point does my lust arise? And can I do something about it at that point? Can I avoid those scenarios? Can I make sure that I don't fall into those circumstances where my lust is constantly arising? My fourth suggestion is somewhat linked to that. Now, I'm not a neuroscientist, but one thing I've learned is neurons that fire together wire together. And certain points in your day when lust arises, the reason that's arising is you may notice that there is a pattern and the same lustful feelings arise at the same scenarios all the times. And that's because your neurons have created a connection between being home alone or being in front of that really attractive work colleague You've created a connection within your brain that every time you look at that scenario, the fired neuron is also triggering another neuron that says, I want to have lustful thoughts for this person. I think about this person in a lustful way. So every time you are in a scenario, like when you're working at home on your own, when there's no other family members around, maybe at the end of every day, I don't know what the trigger is for you. That's something you're going to have to address yourself. But every time you enter that scenario, a thought arises for you to possibly watch some pornography or to masturbate. Now, you don't actually have to do anything with that thought because all that's happened is one thought has fired off another thought. When that thought arrives, you don't have to act upon it. 
And the more and more you resist that thought, you start to break those neurons apart. You no longer make those connections stick. So when you're with a work colleague, if you've constantly thought about them in a lustful way, if at that point you restrict yourself from that particular thought, you are retraining your brain to no longer make the association between one scenario and lust. So what this does is you start to break your habits. A habit is formed by you constantly doing the same action again and again. Think about when a habit has been formed in your life. At the beginning, you had to think about whether you wanted to make that decision, whether that was to start drinking coffee or to smoke or to have alcohol. In the beginning, it was a decision that you had to make again and again, you had to think about it. But what happened when you started to drink or when you started to smoke or when you started to perform any behavior again and again, that thinking process became shorter and shorter and that decision-making became easier and easier. And that's how your habits are formed. So what you need to do is to try and break that habit. And you need to have a tool that allows you to break that connection in your, in your mind and create new thinking pathways. And a very useful technique is to have some sort of sacred chanting, some mantra or some mindfulness technique that allows you at that very moment to break that connection with that habit. So what I mean by using a spiritual chant is if, the, if you have a mantra in your mind, you can start at that point reciting that mantra within your head and you can start bringing your awareness away from your lustful thought into something that is aligned with your spiritual tradition. The fifth suggestion I have to help you break your lust is to think about why is it that you're actually having these feelings of lust in the first place? Why does the thought for masturbation arrive? Why does the thought for watching pornography arrive? Well, the reality is the masturbation isn't actually the problem. The porn addiction isn't actually the problem. What it's doing is that it's masking a deeper problem. A lot of the time what we're looking for in these situations is we're looking for quick fixes. We're looking for very quick gratifications to fill some sort of emptiness in our life. There is a deep-rooted lack of fulfillment in your life and what you're doing is trying to fulfill that with a temporary pleasure. But think about it for yourself. No orgasm and no ejaculation at any point has given you a sustained sense of fulfillment. It's always a very quick high and followed by a low. So what you're doing is that you're giving yourself a quick fix, but you're never really resolving the deeper issue. So maybe there's something that you need to look at as to why is it that you feel this sense of emptiness in your life. And there are so many other ways that you can feel that emptiness. That energy that you have towards lust, towards sexual desire, that energy can be used for a lot of different things. That energy is actually very creative. So you can use that energy towards starting a new hobby, towards finding a new passion in your life. And you'll see that when you're busy and when you have a passion in your life, that's the point at which lust doesn't have any room to enter your mind. The sixth suggestion is to change your perception of yourself. Now, I want you to think about any moment in your life where you've broken a habit and you've started a new habit. Let's say you stopped drinking, you made the decision to stop smoking, you gave up some addiction, or maybe you were a meat eater and you became a vegetarian. Think about that for a moment. If, I'll use the example of, of meat or becoming a vegetarian, 
if you used to be a meat eater and you're now a vegetarian, if you went out and your friends put a plate of meat in front of you, do you automatically start eating that meat? You don't, right? And why is that? Because at some point you made a shift within your mind that said, I no longer do this anymore. When you've changed the perception of yourself from being a meat eater to being a vegetarian, you've created a perception in your mind that says, I no longer do this. I no longer eat meat. So I am not tempted by the meat that's in front of me. And in the same way, you can apply that to your lust. At the moment, if you suffer from lust or obsessive sexual desire, it is because at some point and somewhere deep rooted within you, you have accepted that it's okay for me to behave like this. It's okay for me to act in this way. You have justified it in yourself. You've created a perception of yourself that this is who I am and this is what I do. I want you to change that perception of yourself. I want you to now change the way that you think about yourself. And remember, it goes back to that first point. What is your spiritual goal? What is your spiritual path? If your spiritual path says that I no longer do this because it harms my spiritual progression, then you're creating a new way of thinking about yourself. My seventh suggestion is to change your perception of others. The reason you think it's okay to lust over someone else is because you've created this identity separation. I am over here and they are over there. Me and them are not related in any way. And I have no reason to not look at them in a, in a lustful way. Now, in the Sikh spiritual tradition, we have a way of changing this perception. There is something that the Guru teaches us. Ek pita, ekas ke hambarak. Oneness is our father and we are all children of that oneness. One of the greatest Sikh spiritual teachers and followers of the Guru's tradition was somebody known as Bhai Gurdasji. And he suggested that specifically for lust, that men start to look at women as either their mothers, their sisters, or their daughters. You look at every woman with that same light as you would see your mother. You don't lust over your mother or your sister. Why is that? Because there is a perception within your mind that says that those women are not to be lusted over. You've never created those lustful thoughts for them. Now, Bhai Gurdasji suggests that you do the same thing for all mankind. And the Guru is also saying the same thing. Ek pita ekas ke hambarak. Oneness is our parent. And in reality, we are all brothers and sisters. We are all born from the same father of life. We are all born from the same mother of earth. Every single human being is essentially made of the same materials. So we are all brothers and sisters. And this is now aligned with your first way of thinking about the purpose of your spiritual journey. My eighth suggestion is about changing your perception of the divine. If you have a spiritual tradition that looks up to the divine in a personified way, the chances are that you have created a male figure, some godlike figure. And that godlike figure tends to be a male. So you can change your perception from a masculine divine to a feminine divine. And again, it goes back to using some sort of chanting that allows you to think about the divine in a feminine way. Think about earth as feminine. 
in the Sikh spiritual tradition, we have a chant that says, Tu mera pita, tu hai mera mata. You are my father and you are my mother. Now, if you take the mother line and constantly repeat to yourself, this is my mother, divine mother, everything is part of my divine mother. What you start doing is you start creating the idea that the feminine is divine and not to be lusted after. So when we create this chant within our head, Divine Mother, Holy Mother, everything becomes your mother, you no longer are able to see women in a sexual manner because you see them as a mother figure. A very useful composition to read is known as the Chandi Divar, which is all in praise of the Divine Mother. And again, this is very useful for helping you change your perception from a masculine divine to a feminine divine. My ninth suggestion, is to change your crowd. We are massively influenced by the company that we keep around us. So what is your company? What are the things that make you think the way that you think? Perhaps there are certain people in your family that influence the way that you think, or certain friends that you keep that make you constantly think that it's okay to lust after women or to lust after people or things in the way that you do, because it becomes normal, whatever, people around us are doing, it's very natural for us to want to do that as well. And think about your company, not just in terms of people, but what are the other things that are triggering your lust? Maybe you're constantly watching a certain type of TV program or a certain type of movie, or maybe you're listening to certain types of music or exposing yourself to certain imagery. What is your company that you're keeping that is allowing you to constantly lust for others? And maybe those are things that you can change. My final suggestion is to make use of daily affirmations. Within the Sikh spiritual tradition, we call this the Ardas, the point at which you make a declaration to the universe about the things that you want in your spiritual journey. And so in your daily affirmation, maybe at the start of every morning or at the end of every day or both times of the day, you actually create a declaration to the universe that says, I do not want to have lustful thoughts anymore. And when you constantly do that every day, when you remind yourself every morning when you wake up, and if you remind yourself at the end of every day that this is no longer who I want to be, slowly that ardas, that daily affirmation, will start to have an impact on you and you will start to change your behavior so that you no longer align yourself with your old ways of thinking and your old ways of acting. So guys, I hope you found that useful. I appreciate that some things that we've talked about today can be very sensitive and very difficult to listen to, but this is an issue that has come up time and time again and we here at Nanak Nam have been constantly bombarded with questions around how to deal with lust, especially by young males. So I think it's a very important thing that you've allowed us today to actually have this conversation. And I really look forward to hearing some of your feedback on what you thought about these things. If you found this useful, please press that like button and please do share this video with as many people as possible and I hope that we can see you again next time.